Hello and welcome, beautifully blessed people. My name is Shahara, and you have tuned in to the Love Manifested podcast. Well, how are you guys doing today? I hope you are well and that you are growing and progressing in your relationships and being intentional about seeking your spiritual guidance and getting a deeper understanding of uh, what your relationship with God holds for you, that you are learning how God sees you even more each day, that you are loved beyond words, beyond measure, that you are his masterpiece, that you are have been made with a beautiful spirit and you have been made with power and love and a sound mind. And um, through you learning that about yourself, that you are able to love yourself in a way that no one could ever love you the way that God loves you and um, that it's bringing you light and life today. Um, And, you know, when we know how to love ourselves, we teach others how to do it by our demonstration of how we honor and uphold and value ourselves. So I pray that that's what's going on in your day today. So um, guess what? It's tea time on the pod today. And I love it so much because it's my opportunity to share some of the intimate moments that I spend um, in the spirit and just reflecting and in conversation with God. And um, so we're going to have some tea together. Culture always talks about spilling the tea or no tea, no shade, or what's the tea? Well, we're not going to spill any tea here, hopefully. Um, Although I have been known to be a little clumsy, we are going to be sipping on some tea, though. I did bring along a nice, um, refreshing cup of tea that I'm going to be sipping on. So why don't you go ahead and grab yourself a cup of something hot or cold, and let's have this time together. All right? Y'all ready? Let's go. So today, y'all, I am sipping on an ice-cold, refreshing, and delicious cup of sweet tea. Y'all like sweet tea? Because I really enjoy sweet tea. Sweet tea is often known as the house wine of the South. That's what they call it, right? So, um, a little bit about sweet tea. Um, It's made from black tea, and it's been brewed. So they brew the black tea first, and then they sweeten it with either cane sugar or you know regular refined sugar and they refrigerate it until it's ice cold i've even heard that some southerners like to put a secret ingredient in it to make it have an even smoother taste you all know what that ingredient is because i just learned this recently it's actually bacon soda (laughs) they put a little just a pinch of baking soda in their sweet tea supposedly Um, as it supposedly neutralizes the tannins in the black tea. Who knew? I didn't. Anyway, so now it's also stated that, um, you know, because of the sugar content, it's best to consume your sweet tea in moderation. 
as I often like to do. I'm usually having it just when I come to the South. But, um, you know, if you were to have a choice between sweet tea or choosing pop, as y'all call soda pop, <laughs> um, or soft drinks, where did that come from? Soft drinks. Well, I guess liquor would be a hard, they call that hard alcohol. So is that why they call it soft drinks? I don't know. I'll have to look that up where that came from. Anyway, but if you were if you were to have a choice between the two, um, it's stated that you should probably choose the sweet tea because even though it has the sugar content, it is a slightly better option because the black tea does carry some vitamins and minerals. So again, moderation is key. Um, but if you're embarking on a hot day today, a nice ice glass, ice cold glass of Sweet tea may be just what you need. I am enjoying mine. So today, as I sip, I have been spending some time um, with the uh, honorable designation, the valued position and call of father. Um, I guess the tea here is, it's a tender spot for me. Um, you know, episode 30, if you guys got a chance to listen to it, it's titled, It's Worth It. I had a dear friend on named Roger, and he spoke about, we spoke about father from a male's perspective, which was really cool for me to um, intake. And I hope you guys got a little something from that. Um, he, he shared his uh, relationship and his perspective on what father means to him and how he arrived at um, knowing God as Father. But I want to just, as I was preparing for that episode, I was definitely um, having conversation in my spirit about, you know, all the things that um, are related to the word Father, the designation Father, the character of a Father. And of course, you know, we have to start with our earthly fathers. Um, we are, that's the first encounter that we have as a human, or we, our first experience that we get to have with a father is with our earthly father. So um, I do want to celebrate and honor all the fathers that are out there uh, walking around here, out here trying to lead and provide for your families, um, whether it's by blood or, as I say, by love, meaning these people, <laughs> these young people that you're fathering did not come from your loins, they did not come from your seed, but you are still acting and walking in that role, the father figure role for them. You are providing for them um, emotional support mental support and stability and financial support for them. So I, I just want to shout out all the fathers. It's, it's pretty, um, it's kind of unfair, I believe, that, you know, we live in this society that's so monetarily driven. Uh, we live in a world that statistically, you know, with women being the biggest consumers and everything is marketed towards and for us, um, on a way larger scale than it is for men. It's like, it seems that um, it's a disproportionate volume of celebratory items in both merchandising and just all around. You know, it sadly leaves us with less options to celebrate the men in our lives with. 
I mean, just look at weddings. Weddings are all about the bride. Wait for the bride. What's she wearing? What does the bride want? Stand for the bride. Um, you know, happy wife, happy life. You've heard that term. I don't know where that came from. You know, maybe they said happy father. Why bother? I don't know. That's not cool. <laughs> but like, where's his term? Um, I haven't heard it yet. So if you guys know what it is, send it to me, email it. Um, but, you know, there's cosmetics that are all the cosmetics are geared towards women and a standard of beauty for women. Um, all the anti-aging products are the commercials. They're geared towards women and the standard of beauty for women. Uh, every weight maintenance product, commercial advertisement is geared towards women. There's some, they'll put, maybe they'll throw up one token man up there, but it's mostly, you know, spoken to and, and for women. And I'm not going to get in the topic about the whys. That's a whole nother, I don't even think this is the platform for that. But I do have my opinions on it if you'd like to discuss. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I do want to point it out because, you know, as a woman myself, a mother, I just, I love to be honored and celebrated. It's a sweet place. And I'm so sensitive to the fact that there just seems to be less commitment to celebrate the men, especially fathers who are standing firm in their commitment as dad, you know. Um, and I do want to make that distinction. Uh, for me, there is a distinction between a man who has fathered a child and a man who is active in daily daddy role, committed with his time, with his heart, with his soul, with his finances and his faith. There's a complete dis distinction um, between someone who has just planted a seed and not been honorable in that road, in that role. And with God as father, you know, we also, we have all of these distinctions too. And I think that's important to draw that line that we can, or I feel that we can say, um, someone who has fathered a child is not necessarily acting as daddy. Um, to me, father means, and daddy, you know, a father plants a seed. He's fathered something. We can father many things. Um, but someone who's a daddy, a dad, um, a pop, 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 papa, you know, there's all these sweet names that people call their daddies. Um, but that's someone who is present. That's someone who is has committed and dedicated their life to that responsibility and that honor that honor that's valued there's so many men trying to become dads and for many reasons cannot and i want to celebrate you for your efforts and pray that you get to fall in the role of daddy in some capacity to someone hopefully your own if that's what you're seeking but there's so many that um you know, for me, a daddy is someone who's present, who, who provides, who leads, who, um, who is there emotionally, a, a safe place for you to come and bring your thoughts, for you to fail. Someone who's a teacher also. Someone who is there to hold you. Um, someone who's accessible. And not someone who's just working all the time, that someone who has a bit of balance. Now, you'll notice with anything that I just mentioned, I didn't mention perfection of any of those things. 
we are constantly becoming. As a mother, I'm constantly becoming. I make mistakes all the time. So do fathers, so do daddies. And I'm leaving that open because we are allowed to make mistakes. And with the grace of God, we are also allowed to grow from those mistakes and not stay stuck in those mistakes. So I just want to be very specific with my words as much as I can here. Um, The men who are doing those things, I didn't say with perfection, but progression. They're learning, they're trying, they're there to whatever it takes, however it looks, they're there. And they're trying to um, make it work as best they can. And they're growing through what they go through those kind of fathers, those kind of daddies, the ones that support not only their children, their offspring, or the ones they're fathering, but also support the mothers if they can and when they can, especially if it, if it is their offspring and if they are in a relationship with that mother. You, it, you know, part of fathering and part of being a daddy to the children that you created is supporting also that mother with your words, with your time, with your understanding and with your growth and intentionality to grow together. These are um, ways to demonstrate to your children because you're teaching them always, right? You're teaching them what they, you're modeling, I should say. You're modeling for them what it looks like. And um, all of you fathers out there that are going to work or looking for your work, you're in between jobs or you're single father maybe, you're struggling with your mental health maybe and you're just trying to, trying to um, find your footing as far as getting yourself better. I celebrate and honor and support you. Those of you that are um, adopted fathers, that have adopted children, bravo to you as well. And those of you that are intentional about the love that you have for the mothers of those children, hey, it's rough out here. <laughs> And I'm not a man, and I'm not a father, so I'm not going to speak from the side of of acting like I know. But I do want to support and salute you and honor you today publicly with with my time and say we don't do enough to celebrate you. We hear a lot about those of you that are not able to walk in um, your position as father, And we do understand that we live in a society where sometimes uh, the system is stacked up against some fathers. I'm not going to get into that, but you catch my drift. Um, Those of you that that are not able to be with your children, maybe you're on a tour of duty, maybe you are um, incarcerated, I salute and support you because in your heart you still are wanting and longing for your children. And I just hope that you get resources and tools to stay ever present and letting them know that you're connected to them. Because distance never matters when people know that there's a string, even if it goes around the world or it goes to another state. But when that child knows that there's a string connected to someone on the other side of it, that means everything. That means everything, especially for young men with um, with their dads. So may you never cut that string and of connection with your children, no matter where you are, write to them. Send them, send them texts if you can. 
send them voice memos and video memos so that they can have you and see you and hear your voice. Um, yeah, I guess this is your, your little daily reminder to continue to reach for your children, fathers, no matter what is going on between you and their mothers, no matter how you became a father, no matter if they're biologically by blood or by love, reach out for your children. There's nothing more from a, from a human experience that we want, all of us, than to be seen and to be heard and to be um, known, acknowledged, and accepted. So, um, yeah, I celebrate you. I wish there was more things that were geared <laughs> towards celebrating you in culture um, through merchandising, advertising, and things like that. I don't know why these companies do that. Well, I do. But, like I said, another topic. But, um, yeah, so just to to make that distinction, it's okay to do because it's the same with God. Um, with God, we have in Him this... When we... we we refer to God in the Trinity as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God the Spirit. Um, it's, I know I've witnessed people that have a difficult time relating to God as Father. And sometimes, sometimes it has to do with their relationship with their earthly father, like I was just speaking about. Um, if that connection has been broken for whatever reason, that string has been cut, that line of connection where, and, and, and guys, it's not just physical presence I'm talking about. The, the line of connection where we can communicate, where he understands me, where he sees me, where um, he's there for me, he's teaching me, guiding me, leading me. When that's been cut or severed, especially by abuse or some type of trauma, I've witnessed several people that have a hard time relating to God as Father because their model as Father here, you know, in their, in, on earth, has not been one of honor. And so to make that an honorable position for God is difficult, and I understand how you could, you could feel that way. I really do. Um, you don't have it modeled, so you don't know what that's like. Anytime someone says Father or Dad to you, there's a there's a sour taste in your mouth. There's a pit in your stomach. It's just not, it's not warm and fuzzy. It's not the feelings that um, that you would have for someone that you saw as caring for you, as nurturing you, as providing for you. You don't have that experience. Your experience is traumatic, and even to say it is reliving. It brings up. It activates feelings. It activates memories um, within you. And for those of you that have that experience, I pray for you. I, 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 um, I feel very deeply for your heart and for what you're lacking. I don't know what that feels like, but from what I've witnessed, I can understand that that wound goes very deep and it's lifelong and it takes many components of healing to bring understanding to your heart, 
bring understanding to your psyche. And there's so many answer, uh, questions that you have that may never be answered. In some cases, they'll never be answered for whatever reason. Um, be it as your, that person that fathered you or, you know, he's, he's passed on or you can't talk to them or there's just, it's just too traumatic. You have questions still in that. And I just pray for you that God will send you in your journey through life. And as you seek understanding in that space, that God will send you everything that you need, the people that you need, a father figure to make you feel more safe, to make you have a different type of relationship so that you can have a different perspective through your pain. I don't know that that pain or that longing ever goes away. But I think the accepting of it is very um, telling of how you will live your life and how you will progress for, forward. And you can still be a great father if you're a man, even though you did not come from a great father, earthly father. You can still be a great father. You can still be a great man. So it's not all is lost and we don't just give up. And to all fathers, just never give up. I say that wholeheartedly. Never, ever, ever give up on your children. No matter where they're at, when, no matter what they're dealing with, we're all dealing with something. We all come from somewhere. Don't give up on your children. You're the elder in the relationship. So lead by no matter what, love. Love has to bind you. And love has to help you um, pursue and it will help you um, persevere through all, all things that come up. So may the love that you have in your heart for the child, the seed you planted, or the child that you get to love on that did not come from your loins. May that love always guide you and lead you and always bring you to a place of no matter what, no matter how, no matter where, I'm your father, I'm your daddy, and I'm going to be here for you. And love will make you do some crazy things, especially when you feel like you have no other options or your options have been pulled from you. Love will make you do some really crazy stuff. So that's how I know that when people want to honor their commitment and their responsibility as father, as daddy, they will do it. I've seen it. And you can do it too. Don't let anyone stop you if that's what your heart truly desires, is that connection with the, with the baby you've made, with the child, with the life you've created, no matter what. So, um, yes, so back to the, this distinction that's really important because um, some, sometimes we forget, like, it's okay. There is, we got to call a thing a thing. Y'all know I'm straight up, straightforward. I'm going to call a thing a thing. Those of you that are not honoring the position, I'm calling a thing a thing, okay? You just don't honor it. And just like mothers that don't honor the positions I'm not talking about due to outside or external issues, um, or, or things out of their control. I'm just talking about for whatever reason that you choose not to honor it. There is a distinction. So 
The thing that happens, though, when we come to God and we see him as father is that it's so simple. I think we over-spiritualize God sometimes, and it gets a little out of, hmm, it gets a little bit out of our understanding. Like, it just, it's so simple, guys. It's so simple to me. To me, it is. And, um, you know, when we see God as the almighty, powerful one, that's him in this this form that we can't grasp. We can't fully grasp. But when we see him as a simple term of father, as the father, God, the, the, the father, capital T, capital F, God, the father, we get to experience him just as we would if those of us have had it and those of us who have imagined it. You imagine Father as a provider. God is your provider. If you imagine God as um, your, someone who teaches you, who leads you, who corrects you, if you imagine Father and God as, um, as someone who, who is there for you, who's your safety, you can hide in Him. You can tuck in Him and be safe, and He's going to protect you. The God, the Father who, who sees what you need, and He wants to provide that for you. He wants to give that to you. He wants to make a way for you to get have the things that you need. That's what a Father does, and that's what God does. It's the same thing. So a Father, whether you've experienced it or have had to imagine it, that's what a father does. So God, in the same way, it's so beautiful because we've been given certain names that we can refer to him as that describe a particular aspect of his character. So it's really cool because like I just said, father is, sounds formal to me. Father, father, yes, father, yes, father, no father. I don't talk to my dad like that. I never called him father. <laughs> but he is my father, you know? Um, he is my father. So if it comes down, you want to talk to my father? If something's going on, I don't say, I'm going to call my daddy. I'm going to call my father. And let me see if I can get this straightened out. Um, but father sounds so formal, which is great. Because God the father, that is formal. That is powerful. It sounds impressive. It sounds impactful. But I call my dad daddy my daddy. That's my daddy. I'm a daddy's girl. Y'all heard me say it before. I am a daddy's girl, but it's so cool that um, we have been given all of these different names in text from the Hebrew language, from the Hebrew people, people of Israel, that gave us all of these names in the Old Testament and some in the New Testament that we get to call God. There's like over a hundred names and titles that God calls as himself and that we can address him as. And those things denote who we're talking to, what aspect we are talking to. And I love it because for me, um, I, when I'm in prayer, one of the things since I've learned some of these names and I haven't learned all of them and I don't know them all well, but the ones that I have learned I love to address him as that when I'm speaking to him and we're in communication. If I'm in prayer or if I'm just having a private moment, my quiet time with the Lord, I can say these names to him and I can call him 
by these specific names depending on what it is that I'm seeking or what aspect of him that I need him to activate in in my life. And, you know, of course, the very whole, the most holiest name given to us in the Hebrew was Yahweh. Yahweh. And, you know, it denotes the holiest name, the holiest what God is. He is the holiest. He is the holiest of holies. And um, Yahweh is so beautiful. And, you know, in the Hebrew, they use no, vo- no vowels. And they even like replaced, I think they replaced Yahweh with Adonai because they felt that it was just too holy and they didn't want to take the Lord's name in vain. I read that somewhere. So, um, but Yahweh is the holiest of holies. Now we say Yahweh, we've added the vowels because for pronunciation, of course, and we're always changing things. Don't y'all just love it? We get to just change things all the time. Not going to go there right now, but Yeah, so Yahweh is the holiest name that we get to call God. It's beautiful. But there's other names that I love to call out to him as as I pray. And one of them is when I I call out to him and I I need to know him. Um, And these, these names I speak in faith, if that makes any sense. Like, I know him in certain aspects, but... In these moments, I'm calling on him by faith that he's going to show up in this way, in this character, in this aspect of his character. So when I, I'm looking for, I need him as provision, provisional, I need him to provide something, I call on uh, Jehovah Jireh. You know, y'all be singing Jireh. You are enough. Great, great song. Jireh is our provider. Jehovah Jireh is God is our provider. Um, when I'm in prayer for something that, or I'm talking to him about a situation that seems like I've been forgotten or overlooked, or I just simply need to remember in faith, by faith, that God sees me at all times. I call out to El Roy, God who sees me. That's what it means. El Roy, God who sees me. You know, when I'm in healing or if I need prayer for healing or someone needs prayer, um, for healing, I call directly to Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Directly, I speak directly to him. So it's almost like, oh, I'm talking to that aspect of you. This is what I need, Daddy. This is what I need from you. El Shaddai, which is the all-sufficient one, Lord God Almighty, is as one theologian notes that um, this refers to God completely nourishing and satisfying and supplying his people with all their needs, kind of like a mother would her child. That's what this one theologian describes El Shaddai as. So it's connected with the word God, El. El, anytime you see El in front of the word, that means God, and it denotes a God who freely gives nourishment and blessing because he's our sustainer. And he does. And so when I feel just better knowing that I'm coming to him saying this, Elohim is another one, um, is God as the all-powerful one, the judge and the creator. I'm speaking directly to who he is in my life. And I want him, I need you. I'm going to get Elohim. He is the creator of all things. He is the all-powerful one. He is the judge. So I'm going to speak directly to him and make my petitions known and appeal to that side of his character. 
There's El Olam, that's the everlasting God and the God of the universe, God of eternity. I mean, we can talk straight to him, El Elyon, our sovereign God, our God most high. And you know, sovereign just meaning that God, he is the ultimate source of all power and authority and everything that exists. That's what sovereign means. He is over everything. He's in everything. He provides power to everything. He's our source. So, um, and then there's my favorite. And this one, (laughs) I use it in a very mixed context, if you will. So, there's Abba. I love Abba. Abba, Father. And that simply means Father. Abba means Father. And, or, you know, it's demonstrated to distinct, or, or how, should, how should I say, to um, demonstrate intimacy between us and God. So it's demonstrating intimacy, and it's only spoken three times in the entire Bible in the New Testament, and it's only spoken by Jesus and the Apostle Paul after he had his encounter on the road to Damascus. So, um, only three times, and only by these two. None of the other apostles ever said Abba. No one ever refers um, to Abba. But um, for me, I believe in my heart that when I call on my Abba Father, that I'm doing so more in complete and total humble faith that one day I believe I'll walk without deviation in a consistent closeness and intimacy with God. I know and I believe that God lives within me. Y'all know that I feel that way. I believe in the spirit of God is alive and active within me. However, I'm still being built up and I'm still progressing towards unwavering faith. I mean, consistent, unwavering faith. Because I, I still have doubts. You know, I still have times when I do things that make me a little more distant away from God. Y'all know what it is, right? There's all kinds of things that we do that can put distance between us and God. It started in the garden. And so I speak to it as more like prophetically speaking over myself that at one day I will have a connection like Paul did. And I will have that deep, intimate relationship that this beautiful word denotes and describes of his character. And, you know, I just do it out of respect. I hold this title in a really high regard, and I do not count myself to be perfect as Jesus to say that this is who I am. Um, You know, there was no separation between Jesus and God as he is God. I am not. And by faith one day, I do seek to be in that intimate place with him. And I do recognize, and I've had many encounters that have revealed the realness, the, um, the true acknowledgement that God is real to me. Um, miracles, I've witnessed miracles even. However, I still do battle my flesh and will every day. So perfection in my walk is something that I'm growing in minute by minute. I have not arrived as, 
none of us have, or else we would be in heaven with him at the arrival designation. So again, I'm calling out to him in faith as he knows me intimately. Because we have to remember that as Abba, it's an intimate relationship. I'm saying it as, God, you know me intimately. I'm still learning. I'm still progressing into all knowledge and what that means on my end. And I'm so thankful for God's grace that though he knows me intimately, he's still there for me with all my flaws, with all my, <laughs> with all my fleshly human you know, my non-holy sides, parts of me, he's still there so that I can get to know him better and leading me into being better, leading me into becoming less fleshly, less, you know, quick to anger, less quick to judge, less quick to, he's, he's bringing me there by his grace. His grace will allow me to call him Abba, my respect and my humility is very clear that his intimate knowledge of me is far greater than my intimate knowledge is going to be when I've arrived. And I pray that I get to arrive to see him. So, you know, that, that connection um, for me, that name of calling out when I call my Abba Father it's just so, it's just, it's sacred, if you will. It's really sacred. And all of us can develop this, this sacred place. I know so many that um, really believe in all of these names in God, of God. So many close to me. I love how everyone has their intimate relationship and they can see him as the father in all of these designations, a father that provides, the father that heals, the father that is over everything, the father that sees you. So many people are in this world today feeling unseen. And, and a lot of it stems from our childhood, things that ha took place and things that happened to us, um, things that happened for us when we were younger and we feel unseen. And we have to remember that, and this is why I talk about being intentional on your pursuit of your relationship with God. Whatever that looks like to you right now is good. I say it's good. When you're intentional about the pursuit of your relationship with God, just getting to know God in the simplest form, whether you're trying to get, him, get to know His Spirit or you're trying to get him, get to know him as the son, as the son of God, as Jesus, you're trying to get to know Jesus more, or you're trying to get to know the father. Whichever way, or maybe you're doing a little bit of all three at the same time. There's so many ways that we get to know him, that we get to acknowledge him, and his grace covers us, and his love it's uns it it's it doesn't stop so he's always accessible as i said a father is he's always present as i said a father is he's always providing for us even when we don't see it the beautiful thing is that a father that's here on the earth we get to kind of know and see what he's doing and not doing 
okay? He doesn't have the autonomy. He doesn't have the um, luxury of not really showing us when he's not doing something. When our earthly father is not showing up for us, we know it, we feel it, we see it. It's evident. It's clear. When he is providing for us, although some children, when they're younger, may not realize it. I can only say that because I have kids. <laughs> but when we're younger, and I've been a kid, we didn't realize what it takes or what it took to be a father of multiple children to have a wife or to be a single dad or whatever capacity, even a father who's fathering someone who's not their child. We didn't understand that. And usually you don't understand that until you have kids and you really get to know. Or when you become an adult and you get to understand what the scope is of being adult and adulting and being a grown person. But the things that we get to experience as we get to know him and being intentional about seeking that relationship with him, it is so, so cool. It's just divine. There's many avenues and there's so many ways he reveals himself to us in spirit, through Jesus, and as Father. And whichever one you cling to, because you might cling to one of those at a period of your life more than the other. And once you get really um, in a really good understanding and you're in all knowledge of what that means, then you can kind of be brought into the other aspects of him. And because they're three in one, it is a trinity, it's, it's all together, not one part is going to be left out. You won't just know him as father. You will inevitably also know him as a spirit. You will inevitably also know Jesus by knowing God. You're just going to come to it. It just, it's, I can't explain it. I, I didn't write the rules. I didn't make it, I didn't make it this way. But starting in any space is good. It's good. And sometimes calling out because you didn't have a father that you could understand and just calling out, God, I don't know you as father. I don't understand what that means. Actually, I am repulsed by the title father. There's so many other ways you can relate to him. And then, by faith, I believe that you will know him as father in the end, or at some point. I won't say in the end. I'm saying in the end of your, of your searching, seeking, but at some point, you're going to know him as father. You will feel that love. It's undeniable, and it is tangible. I felt it, and I know I'm not special. God creates no favorites. He has no favorites unlike some, unfortunately, in the faith will have some belief. That is errant thinking. That is, that is not true. There are no favorites. You're not getting more favor because you serve more than the other person or because you donate or because you, um, you know, do outreach programs or because you foster children. You have no more favor. We all are blessed by serving God. And if your intentions are to get points by doing what you're doing, you really need to rethink that process because that's not it. That's not it. Our intent, our heart to seek him, our heart to serve him, and there's so many ways, our heart to love him, loving him, 
as God, honoring Him, respecting Him, valuing Him, and worshiping Him with our mouth, with our heart, with our time, with our presence. Those things are what make Him close. That's how you feel that closeness. That's how close He is, closer than our breath. So, when you think of Father, and when I think of Father, both my earthly Father and my heavenly Father, I really um, bring them just into a place of honor. And I pray that you get into a time in your life where you can honor God as Father, even if you were absent of your earthly father who made you of your absent of him walking in his honor and his title and his the value of his position even if you're absent of that that one day you will get to know that again our human experience is flawed it's flawed and that you'll have forgiveness in your heart, and forgiveness does not mean that you grant access to things that are traumatic or things that are um, detrimental to your wellness. Forgiveness simply means that you accept the possibility that anything else could have been different, that anything could have been any different than what it was, and you just accept what it was, and you release that person because when we live a state in a state of hope, when they've showed us time and time again that they just don't have the capacity to show up the way that we need them to, that brings a lot of stress onto us. But when we release them and release them to God and pray and say, God, help them. Amen. <laughs> Simple prayers. Bless them and change me, God. Change my perspective. When we pray and we release them, that brings peace and it activates the peace that's been within us all along. But we disrupt our peace when we're, we're in that state of hope when they continually show us who they are. And I'm sorry that it's that way. I don't know why it's that way. I really wish it wasn't. I wish it wasn't for those of you that feel that. I wish it wasn't for those of me, those of you nearby me that I love dearly and deeply that experience that, that I, I witnessed that pain and that longing, I just pray that at some point you can elevate God. You can take him out of the box of human father because he doesn't belong in the same box as human fathers do. Yes, they carry the same uh, characteristics and they should. And because God is elevated above earthly fathers, he is the father. God has demonstrated, he has modeled perfection of what father look like, looks like. He has modeled that. He has modeled that. And I'm going to say he's modeled perfection of what mother looks like too. Because if it's true that in Genesis we are created in his image and he made us both male and female, that means his image has aspects of both. I'm just going to leave that right there. So he has modeled for us 
the perfect image, the perfect look of what it is to be father. But you can't put him in the earthly box and and band him together and say, well, if he's just like that, then he's not going to show up either. Well, if he's just like that, then he's going to leave me waiting on Friday morning or Saturday morning when he was supposed to pick me up. If he's just like that, well, he's not going to provide for me the things that I need to live and, and to be well and whole. He's not going to show up in his duty and responsibility. It's not the same, beloved. It's not the same. So my prayer is that through the people he provides for you, the resources he provides for you, that's therapy, books, teachings, pastors, friends, mentors, safe places that he provides for you, you will come to understand that even though you didn't have a father that stood in that holy place, in that honor, of that designation, that valued, coveted by some position, that God has always been your father because he is in fact, as the Bible says, a father to the fatherless. And his love is great, deep, everlasting. It's infallible, his love for you. You have purpose, and, and he does not reject you. Just seek him, and he won't reject you. Get to know him, and he won't reject you. He's good. He's the best. I talk often about um, having the father that I had, and in my eyes, because you know we get a different set of parents as we grow. So as, as we have children, as the mother and father have children, um, they're different every time they give birth to a new child. There may be, there's years between them, so they're not the same as they were three years ago if there's three years difference, even if it's 18 months ago. And we, God, we know if it's more than five years, they're not the same parents that the five-year-old child gets had when the newborn is coming. We're different people. We've grown. We've lived more. We've experienced more life. We've experienced more love. We've experienced more things. So we change. And at the time that I was born, the way I relate, because I have many siblings, um, but the way I relate to my father is he was amazing to me. He was incredible and almost gave me a false sense of security in the world because I thought all men were like him. And so I really, really tried to see him in all men. And it's just not true, I've learned. I had to learn that the hard way. Anyway, because I'm able to see him that way, I set him on a pedestal. I had him so high in value. I wanted to do things to please him. I always have wanted to honor him. I have, I become um, upset when he's not honored. I will fight for his honor. <laughs> um, I will, I will uh, live my life in a way that I demonstrate value in being his daughter. Respect. 
I care about the things he cared about. I uh, pursue and I enjoy and I look for um, comfort in the things that he provided for me, that he, that he did for me. And I, none of these are, have anything to do with money. <laughs> Sometimes we come to God just asking for money. But I'm talking about his character. My father's character was incredible. It was impeccable. And it taught me, he taught me so much through it. That when he passed, and I knew God, I had knowledge of him. I didn't have an intimate relationship like I have now. But in his passing, the passing of my father when I was early in my 20s, I learned that I had placed such a high value on my father that I didn't leave room for God to have his rightful value and honor. I valued and honored him, but wow, so much more do I honor him now that I don't have my father. The hugs that I need from my daddy because he's gone, I, I get them from God. The conversations that I wish I could have with my father nowadays, I have with God. The moments of um, when I'm just, I need a safe place. I need to hide. I need to tuck in him because my dad was very protective. He was a very big man and he was, his presence was big, was large. So I'm used to being, feeling safe. I have that in God. And what I came to realize was that I could have had it both places. I just didn't know God as father while my earthly father, I had a bit of an idol in him as being my daddy. And I knew nothing. I cared nothing about his celebrity. Nothing. I cared nothing for it. But I did care for that intimate personal relationship that we had. And I don't have that intimate personal relationship. In days, he's been gone almost 20 years. I still have days where I cry for him and I still long for him. And I wish I could have these conversations. And you know who I talk to mostly about that? I talk to God. Because <laughs> he doesn't just dismiss me. Oh, you're the baby of the family. Oh, you poor thing. He sits in, in it with me. He listens. And through his spirit, he comforts me. And he leads me into peace and acceptance. So those of you that are still able to hug your children, fathers, those of you children that are still able because you have a relationship with your father, that's one um, where you're both able to honor and they are honoring it. I place the onus on the fathers in that way. But those of you that are able to do that, that are able to tell your father you love him and hear his response, that are able to sit with your father in silence just because no words are necessary at the time, that are able to have access, take all, take all of that. Walk in all of it. Utilize all of it. Because you never know when your daddy, 
your earthly daddy that you love so much and that loves you so much and is showing up for you, you never ever know when they're not going to be here anymore to give you that. And that's why it's really important, fathers, that when men, when you choose to become a father, that you really understand. You may not understand hows, but you got to understand what that means. You're making a commitment to a responsibility to show up, to train up, to pray up, to faith up, to be there, to love through all seasons of that child's life that you've created. You are making a commitment to be an honorable person, one that they can look up to and one that you would want to to take after. You want to model. If you have daughters and you're a father, you need to model the type of man you want her to bring home. You don't get to not model it and then complain about the guy she brings because you disapprove of his character. Maybe you showed up as that character for her in a different manner. Model for your children. And if you have a son and you're a man, you're a father, you're modeling for that young man how he's supposed to be if he chooses to have children, if he chooses to become a husband. You're modeling for him how he is supposed to show up in the workplace and interact with other women and other men. You are modeling for him. The designation of father is so greatly important. Unfortunately, in our society, we are broken down fathers to where we're dismissive. We don't celebrate them. But I want to celebrate you. And the first way, fathers, daddies, that you can take your modeling, even if you didn't have a great father, you can go to God and he's going to teach you. He's going to show you and guide you and lead you in what that looks like. And that's up to you to utilize that him as a resource. He's sovereign. He's your source. He is your source. He's not a resource. He's your source. I honor you. I celebrate you. And I salute all of you who are doing the best that you, the very best you can. You're just trying. And to some people around you, it may not look like enough. But your efforts, if, they are made, if you're making an effort, trust me, it's not falling on deaf ears. And it ha- is landing exactly as it should. You may not know it now. It may be something that is spoken about or realized later in life by your children or the ones nearby you. But any effort you make, never stop making the effort. Always seek them. And it is your responsibility to reach out as the elder of the situation, of the relationship. Reach out. No matter what, continue and don't stop. So you can always say, I never stopped. I never gave up. No one wants to be given up on by anybody especially their father. God is your source. Let him lead you and fulfill you and sustain you in your jobs, in your heart. Let him show you the things you never learned. He'll provide the men around you to support you in that. 
and together you can have even greater, deeper relationships with your children. So I want to thank you for joining me on this very tender, <laughs> it's tender, tender subject for me, uh, tea time. I, I do pray that you got something uh, you can sip on and digest for your life movements. And if you have any questions or comments, please email at so, S-O-W, love, L-O-V-E, to T-O-O dot com. And please check out our website, love-manifested.com. We got some cool merch over there and some more perspectives that you can scroll down on the perspectives page and read. But as always, remember that when you woke up today, that was God's yes to your life. And in his yes, it is full with so much. There's blessings upon blessings. And all he wants is an intimate relationship with you. He wants to know you. And in his knowing, because of his beautiful grace that he gives us, he's going to teach you and provide for you. He's going to cover and protect you. He's going to lead you. He is going to be present with you. He's going to fulfill you and sustain you and provide you a safe place. That's all of us. Anyone who's seeking him. He will never reject you as long as you're seeking him and you don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to get perfect before you go and call him and say, Dad, Daddy, Father, I need you. He sees you already anyway. I love you guys. Till next time.